Hello and welcome to Your Financial Planet, a podcast hosted by the Synergy Capital Solutions team. Join us as we share our journey as we navigate life's complexities and provide solutions to reduce the noise around your personal financial situation. Hello, I'm Synergy's Director of Investments, Eric Nahat, and welcome to our fourth quarter 2023 recap and first quarter 2024 outlook. Our team looks back at 2023, thankful for the opportunity to help our clients achieve their goals, and we are looking forward to another year of serving your family. Entering the fourth quarter of last year, we discussed how the market was entering the final stretch of 2023, but there are still a lot of important data points to be released and questions to be answered before we turn the calendar to 2024. Ended up being a strong quarter, both economically and market-wise. This first slide recaps equity market performance for that fourth quarter 2023, which is the light blue bars, and the full calendar year, which is the dark blue bars. The gray section on the left side of the chart shows the S&P 500 gained 12% in the fourth quarter. Moving across the chart, the remaining light blue bars show the stock market rally was broad-based. Seven out of the 11 S&P 500 sectors recorded gains exceeding 10% in Q4, with cyclical sectors outperforming defensive sectors. For the full 2023 calendar year, the S&P 500 returned an impressive 26%. However, unlike the fourth quarter rally, the full year rally was primarily concentrated in three sectors, technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary, and a small subset of companies connected to the emerging AI industry drove a large portion of the gains. Following the focused 2023 rally, broader indices like the S&P 500 had become more concentrated. One of the more notable market debates heading into 2024 is whether a handful of sectors and companies will continue to drive market returns. This concentration risk underscores the importance of diversification and explains why we aim to construct well-balanced portfolios across stocks, bonds, and other asset categories. So let's dive into why markets were better than many people forecasted in 2023. Entering 2023, a lot of people expected an economic downturn and a sustained down market. We did not, and we were positioned for growth. One of the reasonings was the continued strength of the U.S. consumer. The U.S. consumer, who accounts for nearly 70% of economic activity in the U.S., powered economic growth over the past few years, even as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates to cool the economy. The consumer's resilience and increased net worth have raised hopes that the Fed can pull off a soft landing, whereby the Fed slows the economy without crushing the consumer and tipping the U.S. into recession. This slide graphs total U.S. household net worth, showing the 29% rise in household net worth from Q4 2019 through Q3 2023. Three categories fueled the rise in net worth. Over half the rise in net worth can be attributed to real estate. The housing slide showed that home prices recently reached a record high, which in turn has boosted net worth. Um, A second category is household financial assets, uh, such as cash, bonds, and stocks, which have risen in value due to pandemic stimulus, a strong job market, and rising stock prices. The third category is the equity value of non-corporate businesses, which is a catch-all category for personal businesses, uh, sole proprietorships, and other private investments. So what are the implications for the U.S. economy? While a significant portion of households' net worth is invested in homes, the wealth effect suggests that increased net worth can impact overall consumer confidence and spending patterns. As the value of assets like homes and investments rise, consumers tend to feel more financially secure and confident, which can make them more willing to spend. This behavioral economic theory suggests there is a link between individual wealth and broader economic activity. In our opinion, 
the consumer remains much stronger than a 2008 type setting and can remain resilient even through a downturn. 2023 was all about inflation and interest rates, and this slide provides an update on the progress we've made with those inflation pressures. The bars in the chart compare the peak year-over-year -year change for each category against its most recent month's year-over-year -year change. The bars reveal a broad easing in inflation pressures compared to the past few years. The two composite measures on the left side of the chart, the, the headline and core inflation, are of particular interest for both investors and policymakers. Headline inflation, which peaked at 9.1% in June 2022, declined to 3.1% year over year in November 23. Likewise, core inflation decreased from 6.6% in September 2022 to 4% over the same period. The remaining bars track inflation trends across various categories, showing which categories have contributed to the overall decline. While price pressures have eased across every category, the, the categories that experienced the most initial inflation, such as furniture, household energies, new autos, and appliances are experiencing the biggest relief as inflation normalizes. In some categories, there is outright deflation as prices normalize. Falling prices are a clear indication that the supply chain stress from the past few years is easing. Heading into 2024, the expectation is that price pressures will continue to ease and push inflation back towards, towards the Fed's 2% target. Now, the market is cheering lower inflation, with inflation expected to remain low and stable in 2024. Likewise, the Federal Reserve is signaling that the inflation battle is ending as price pressures continue to ease. Following a period of aggressive interest rate hikes, the next step in the Fed's process is to pivot toward interest rate cuts. Once the Fed starts cutting rates, the questions become how many rate cuts typically follow and how quickly does the Fed implement those cuts. This slide examines prior rate cutting cycles to provide context around the potential for 2024 rate cuts. There are two styles of cutting cycles. The 1995 and 2002 cycles demonstrates the plateau style cutting cycle when the rates were only marginally cut and then held steady. In contrast, the 1990, the 2001 and 2007 cycles reveal prolonged periods of successive interest rate cuts. What does the market expect today? Future markets are currently pricing in six interest rate cuts for 2024 along the lines of 1990, 2001 and 2007 cycles. However, it's important to remember that this is only the market's forecast and actual results could vary. The potential for interest rate cuts in 2024 carries both benefits and drawbacks for borrowers and consumers. From a borrowing perspective, the cost of capital becomes cheaper, which could lead to lower rates on auto loans and home mortgages. From an investment perspective, bond values rise as interest rates fall, which could provide stability to the credit portion of portfolios after a, a multi-year period of falling bond prices. However, there's one drawback for investors to keep in mind. Lower interest rates will translate in less interest income, especially on the short end of the yield curve. Overall, this pivot from a hiking cycle to expected rate cuts helped to drive bond returns in 2023, especially in the fourth quarter, where bonds produced their best quarterly return since the, the, the second quarter of 1989. After weathering an extended period of negative returns as the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, bonds are now experiencing a resurgence in popularity. Investors have been trying to time the top in treasury yields, and, and as sentiment improved and rates declined in the fourth quarter, investors rushed to lock in those yields. It's a dynamic that's played out in recent quarters, which has contributed to the increased bond market volatility. 
Uh, the question is whether investors have accurately picked the peak in yields. Uh, the, the answer will be determined by the trajectory of inflation and the Fed's interest rate cuts. As I mentioned earlier, the U.S. consumer is the most important driver of growth, both in the U.S. and globally. We watch metrics such as debt ratios, wage growth, and spending, but we also pay attention on how those consumers feel, with the biggest measure there being consumer confidence. There has been some improvement in confidence. Uh, consumer sentiment hit a low level of 50 in June of 2022, as consumers worried about the impacts of rising inflation. By the end of 2022, we we're up to about 60. Now we're at about 70. Consumer is still significantly lower than long-term averages, though. It is gradually improving, and we think it will tend to improve in the year ahead. The interesting aspect when we bring this back to investing is that the time to invest is not when people feel good. So for example, the peaks of these charts, it's when people feel bad. And I would say that investors generally still feel bad. That may seem a bit contrarian, but historically, these lower levels of consumer sentiment have been good for forward-looking returns. Looking at 2024, of course it's an election year, and some are already calling it the biggest election year in history with half the world participating in regional, legislative, and presidential elections. In the US, the next presidential election takes place in 24, and candidates are already campaigning ahead of the spring's primary elections. While politics remains separate from our investment decisions, it's important to understand the potential seasonality and behavioral impacts that elections can have on financial markets. The chart on the left compares the average return path of the S&P 500 during presidential election years against all other years since 1950. It reveals an initial sideways trend early in election years. The, the chart on the right displays the average monthly price of the SIBO volatility index, which tracks market sentiment and, and expected volatility in presidential election years. On average, volatility tends to be low in the early months of election years. However, as the election approaches and investors worry about the potential for change, volatility starts to rise uh, in the fall months. As we approach the upcoming election, it's important to recognize that markets often react negatively to uncertainty, including potential uh, uh, political campaigns and, and news headlines. Um, this doesn't necessarily mean 2024 will follow historical norms, but it's important to manage expectations and avoid surprises. Overall, while we'll be monitoring the election, our focus will continue to be on economic activity and corporate fundamentals, which are the key drivers of financial markets over the long term. Historically, under all three potential scenarios, so Republican control, Democrat control, um, a split house, we've seen solid economic growth and we've seen solid stock market gains. So if your candidate doesn't win, it's important to remember that they're ultimately uh, the fundamentals that drive returns, um, not who it's on, who's in office. Much more so than issues like politics, financial plan and financial success uh, and financial freedom is determined by uh, some core aspects of, of investing. And to that point, this is one of my favorite charts. It demonstrates that the time in the market, not time in the market is what matters. Starting with $100,000 20 years ago, even if you missed just the best five days of the market, your returns were more than $200,000 less than staying fully invested. So ultimately, it's best not to try to move fully in and out of the market in the short term. Instead, we recommend a diversified investment approach with predetermined asset allocations uh, in accordance to whatever financial plan and financial goals that you have. And ultimately, everything ties back to that financial plan. That's why it's so important for us to look at income 
expenses, assets, liabilities, goals, and aspirations determine what is sustainable and what is not over time. This chart illustrates someone retiring at age 65 on January 1st, 2000 with an initial portfolio balance of $500,000 invested in half stocks, half bonds, uh, and the different portfolio withdrawal rates over the next 20 years. The big takeaway is that the, a lower withdrawal rate, such as 3 to 5%, can increase the longevity of a portfolio's life, while higher withdrawal rates increase the likelihood of running out of assets. Heading into the new year, the economy is growing at a solid pace, the labor market is tight, inflation is decelerating, and the housing market shows early signs of a rebound. Economic data indicates that higher interest rates have yet to make a significant impact, stocks trade near all-time highs, and bonds just staged their best quarter since 1989. There's a growing sense of optimism, but can the economy live up to that optimism? Looking ahead at the calendar, the 2024 presidential election will grab headlines for most of the year, with the first primary elections taking place in January. It will be a busy time as candidates discuss their platforms. There will be a lot of talk about new policies and big changes, but it's important to keep the bigger picture in mind. Elections tend to be more noise than anything of substance. Elections create uncertainty and volatility, sure, but history shows us that economic growth and corporate earnings ultimately drive markets over the long term. Our focus in 2024 will be on the growing list of non-political themes such as interest rate cuts and post-pandemic changes impacting the economy. It takes time for higher interest rates to work their way into the economy and the economy could slow in 2024, but base case for now, is a return to slower but positive growth, still lower unemployment, and a return to lower inflation. So some final closing thoughts here. You don't wanna let your emotion cloud your judgment. We do truly understand that these election years and bad news headlines can be scary for people financially. Uh, we want you to try to focus on logic and on your long-term planning. Um, there's always going to be uncertainty when it comes to investing, especially in the short term. We still expect variability among returns and stocks. And we continue to believe that time in the market's not a viable strategy. Um, uh, it should be instead uh, uh, continue to abide by predetermined strategic asset allocation and, and rebalancing approaches. Um, that means not trying to wait to find the exact bottom of a market, but instead uh, integrating new cash asset assets over time by dollar cost averaging or, or, or phasing into the market. As always, should you have any questions uh, or wish to discuss in, in further detail, please email us at hello at synergycapitalsolutions.com. We're wishing everyone a fantastic and healthy 2024. Thank you for listening to Your Financial Planet. Please hit the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you'd like to reach out to our team, please contact us at 888-363-4546. Or you can email us at hello at synergycapitalsolutions.com. Hightower Advisors LLC as an SEC registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC member FINRA and SIPIC. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity's specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor for related questions.